Hey there, if you're listening to this and you support us on Patreon, you can hear it via the Patreon page ad-free. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we'll be revealing our selections for our favorite albums of 2022. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. We'll also hear some picks from our production staff, but first we pay tribute to the late, great Christine McVie. That is Fleetwood Mac's Everywhere, which is everywhere because yeah. it's been on a TV commercial lately. Uh, everybody seems to be hearing that song. That was written by Christine McVie, who died at age 79 on November 30th. Didn't see that one coming, Jim. No. Um, she died the way she lived, very low-key. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, um, you know, she experienced some health problems over the summer, apparently. One of the great songwriters of the last few decades, I would say, very underrated, uh, classically trained, Became part of the British blues rock scene in London in the 60s. Swing in London. Yep. And she stood out because she was one of the few females on that scene. You know, it was very male-dominated. Mm-hmm. But she stood out with her keyboard playing, her harmony singing, her, her vocals. Had a hit with a, a band called Chicken Shack in 1969. Very credible, mm. very strong cover of Etta James's I'd Rather Go Blind. Mm. I was just, I was just, I was just. You listen to that and you go, wow, great voice, right? Got persuaded to uh, join Fleetwood Mac. She was a big fan of the Peter Green era band. Uh, she met her future husband there, John McVie. Uh, she was Christine Perfect before she met John McVie. What a great name. Yeah, exactly. Christine Perfect was wrote some pretty perfect songs. In this period, after Peter Green left, kind of the linchpin of the band in the 60s, and before the arrival of Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham in 1974, the two Americans, uh, Christine Perfect, now Christine McVie, was uh, one of the main songwriters in the band. Really developed those songwriting chops, and those melodies just seemed to flow out of her uh, naturally. They probably should have had more hits than they did in that era. The, the songs were undeniable, but they didn't really fit into American radio at the time. But uh, songs like "Spare Me a Little" and "Heroes Are Hard to Find." Those became staples of FM radio. When Buckingham was invited to join the band as a guitar player in 74, they were a rotating cast of guitarists mm-hmm. in that band. He said, I'd like to join, but I want to bring my partner Stevie with me. And the guys in the band were like, we, we already got the female singer. We don't need another one. <laughs> we have a woman, yeah. And Christine McVie's like, no, no, no. We need her. Yeah. Let's bring her in. And, uh, you know, something that Stevie never forgot. They were, they were very close, closely bonded after that. A lot of people put a, a lot of focus on Buckingham and Nicks, both as a, their partnership, very famously volatile partnership, wrote a lot of hit songs. But Christine McVie went toe-to-toe with both yeah. of them. In fact, she probably had the lion's share of the hits in the band. Their greatest hits album that came out in the late 80s, huge selling record, half the songs on there are McVie songs. Mm-hmm. 
You make loving fun. Over my head, say you love me. Don't stop. Little lies. Songbird. These are great Christine McVie-led songs. You know, she's the one over on the side of the stage playing the keyboards out of the out of the spotlight. She loved that role. She's she not doing the gypsy twirl center stage like Stevie. There was some huge egos in that band. Christine McVie was yeah. not one of them. They, you know, she kept getting labeled as the sane one in the band. You know, well, except you know, there was an edge to her. I mean, you make loving fun is about her having an affair after uh, splitting with John McVie, but still being in the band right. uh, with him. She was talking about adult relationships. Um, the one thing about um, the tug of war that was going on between Buckingham and Nick's with their songwriting, they were almost speaking to each other, not, not, not mm-hmm. always in the kindest terms in their songs, uh, was that she, there was a little light at the end of the tunnel always with her songs. There are yeah. the adult relationships, but there's, there's hope here, and a uh, very important role. That voice was so warm. It mm-hmm. was just such a comforting voice. And the melodies were seemingly effortless. And she said, I don't really spend a lot of time sweating my songs. It comes out, mm-hmm. and here it is, you know? And, and those songs, the breeziness of those songs is so profound. Uh, she took like a 15-year break from the band. She yeah. goes, I've had enough of this. And she presaged it with a song that she wrote before the, the big days of, of Fleetwood Mac, uh, when the band was sort of in that middle period in the early 70s. It's called Homeward Bound, and she talks about the idea that I don't really need to be out here being famous. I, mm-hmm. I just want to go home, you know? Yeah, I yeah. just want to spend some time at home. She was an intensely private person, incredibly gifted musically, but, you know, the rock star fame trip was not not for her. And I think this song kind of illustrates that very well. It's called Homeward Bound from the 1972 Bear Trees record. A great period for this band, very underrated period where Christine McVie really shone as a songwriter. Homeward Bound from Fleetwood Mac on Sound of Peace. Homeward Bound by uh, Fleetwood Mac in tribute to the late Christine McVie, uh, dead at the age of 79. Uh, That is definitely a period, those middle years, Greg, that people who think they know the band and love the band ought to dig into deeper. It is now time for us to talk about our favorite albums of 2022. Every year, we note, these are not necessarily the uh, most newsworthy, most uh, artistically significant in some highfalutin way, commercially successful. These are our favorite records, the ones we can't stop listening to even after we've reviewed them. And we want to share them. Absolutely, Jim. It, you know, again, favorites. Favorites. Uh, we like these records. We hope you do, too. <laughs> I can't imagine you not liking these records. We both had a top 20 list. They're, they're going to be on the soundopinions.org yes. website. You're going to start us off with uh, I am your picks. at number six on my list, and it's a record I just talked about recently, late November, in our last Buried Treasures episode of the year, Katie Kim's Hour of the Ox. It's only... Pretty rarely when a record moves from Buried Treasure to one of my favorites <laughs> of the year. But I think uh, Katie Kim did that. In, in fact, such a great artist that after half a dozen albums, uh, you know, which I've gone back and listened to after discovering her, her latest, is one of those artists where 
where has she been my whole life? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is an incredible artist. And she wrote such a wonderful handwritten uh, note to the two of us, mailing the record from mm -hmm. Dublin, which is where she's based, singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, wanted us to hear it on vinyl. Lush strings, orchestral settings created with synthesizer, live minimalist drums, a legacy, a heritage that I think at points, touches on Sinead O'Connor, an artist we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode as being part of this documentary, but also Tori Amos, right? Deeply, intensely personal. The personal is political for Katie Kim. Moody, atmospheric, frightening at times, sensual at times. Uh, just an incredible collection of songs that blew me away. I played the track Eraser because uh, I think it's the best way in when we did a buried treasure. Katie Kim, what, a, what an incredible artist, uh, and I hope that she gets to come to the States in 2023. This is Hour of the Ox. Great album. These wires are picking up satellite port And they don't want you going here We might lose away quietly Racer by Katie Kim from Hour of the Ox. You need this album, my friends who are listening at home. You need it. Absolutely, Jim. My number seven album of the year is Santi Gold Spirituals. I've been thinking about Santi Gold a lot, a.k.a. Mm. Santi White, because, uh, you know, she not made that, made that announcement where she had to cancel her tour because of the economic conditions it's just, just, being uh, you too know, dire. Not possible to even go on the road. And it is so sad because I think she's going to slip between the cracks again. Yeah. Uh, a great artist. I, I, I mentioned this when we reviewed the record. This is her fourth studio album. I don't think she's made a bad one. Uh, you know, I mean, I think she's just been an incredibly underrated artist all that time she's had a few records uh, that have bubbled to, to the surface but in general uh you know she's not one of those artists that's a oh she's up there with beyonce or whoever you want to name in terms of the kind of impact she's made with her music uh, i think she can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any of them this album spiritual she titled it's basically her version of african-american gospel music and that is the music that sustained enslaved peoples through really horrifying conditions Songs that got black people through the unget-throughable, as yeah. she said. <laughs> as she says, yeah. And uh, it's all about that. There's a little bit of hip-hop in here, a little bit of EDM, but also, you know, that pop dance floor vibe that she's been so expert at really walking that line on all of her records. And this is, in many ways, continues that tradition, but also her most personal record in the, in the way it talks about persevering through struggle. Here's a track called Fall First from Santi Gold's Spirituals on Sound Opinions. That is the track called Fall First from Santi Gold's Spirituals, my number seven album 
of 2022. Coming up, Jim and I are going to share more of our favorite albums of the year. Plus, we're going to hear from our producers, Andrew, Alex, and Soul on Sound Opinions. And we are back. This week, we're revealing our favorite albums of 2022. Next up is our senior producer, Alex Claiborne. Alex, what do you got for us this time? I actually know, because I let you (laughs) have it, because it was number 10 on my list. Yeah, so my pick for the album of the year, the year of our Lord, 2022, (laughs) is... In case anyone forgot. (laughs) Is Lizzo's album, Special... And this was really one of my favorites of the year because, for one, I've been a Lizzo fan for several years now. And I think what she brings to the table as an artist is unique, especially in this time period where she has the ability to make songs that feel both intimate to her and universal to listeners. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a tricky predicament. And I think she does a great job of blending values that she has, like, you know, body acceptance, Mm -hmm. um, embracing who we are, being comfortable in our skin, while also addressing, you know, various social issues. And and Special is her fourth studio album, her second major label release after that album, Because I Love You in 2019, which was also a great record. And it's kind of hard to follow up when you have a smash hit and you blow up like that. And then the global pandemic happens. And this year she was kind of like, I have to jump back out there. Like people think that I've fallen off, but I'm, I haven't, Mm. I'm here. And the song that I want to play off of this record is called to be loved in parentheses. Am I ready? And what I liked about the song in particular is the subject matter of, you know, she says, how am I supposed to love somebody else when I don't like myself? Yeah. And I think that is a <laughs> a universal through line for everybody. And, you know, the concept of, am I ready to accept love from others? It's like, am I ready to receive my blessings? Am I ready to be vulnerable? And I think that's a really cool message to have in a song. And so, but yeah, this album is great. It's a really feel good record. And it's one that I kept returning to throughout the year. So this is To Be Loved, Am I Ready by Lizzo from her album special on Sound Opinions. Supposed to love somebody else when I don't like myself. Like, ooh, guess I better learn to like this. Ooh, it might take my whole life just to do. That is To Be Loved, Am I Ready from Lizzo's uh, record special. Our pick from Alex Claiborne. You know, it's hard, it's hard to argue with Lizzo. I mean, you, everybody needs a little Lizzo in their life, you know? So. You know, if you can't find joy in Lizzo, <laughs> I, I don't know if you like music. <laughs> you know, really. I mean, really. Uh, let's turn to uh, our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo. So this year, I feel like I was really on top of things when it came to listening to new music upon releases and trying to keep track of and make a list of you know, albums of the year. And near the top of that list is an album called Love Me Forever by a band called Pink Shift. They are a rock band out of Baltimore that you can definitely tell has a lot of punk and 90s grunge influence upon first listen. It's their debut album, and I feel like it can only really go up from here for them. Like, if their debut album sounds this good, I can only imagine what future releases are going to sound like. And 
I don't know how many of our listeners are also fans of the anime Nana, but this band definitely sounds like it could have been featured in there. Like, you know, in a battle of the band situation or just an episode or two, but it definitely has that like early 2000s punk sound that I really, really like. And I don't know, maybe that's just what I hear. But anyway, the track I'm going to play is called I'm Not Crying, You're Crying. Um, It starts off the album, it has an infectious sound, and the vocals are fantastic. I love it, and I hope you'll like it. I'm so sorry that you're... That is Sol Delgadillo, one of our producers with Love Me Forever by a band called Pink Shift. I'm not crying, you're crying. I hadn't heard this album, yeah. and, and I wanted to see uh, what Soul was hearing in it, and I loved it, absolutely. You know, it reminds me of The Regrets, it reminds me of the Linda Lindas. A uh, little then, sassy, a little punk pop. Little, yeah, but then there's this one weird ballad that doesn't fit at all. <laughs> you know, You know, bands that are trying to like... Uh, maximize their their algorithm <laughs> on streaming. You know, yeah. but here's one for the BTS fans. I mean, it, you know, I didn't like the song. But you don't like ballads, huh? Is that, is that well, what I, you're did, saying? I didn't like a sappy. Over, They're not allowed over, a little left turn once in a while. Uh, yeah, it, it just it struck me like I thought my streamer broke, and I suddenly <laughs> it had jumped ahead to another record. I'm at uh, number five on my list, Greg, which I, I, I want to pose a question to you. But first, I have to say, who are the Viagra Boys? Um, formed in Stockholm, Sweden in 2015 by two tattoo mm. artists. I love this. Henrik Hokert and Sebastian Murphy. Uh, I first fell in love with their track Sports a couple of years ago, which is 150% anti-sports, as am I. Uh, Now we have the third studio album from this band, Cave World. And, um, you know... I we, we did a classic album dissection of the Stooges' Funhouse a while back, which I love. I love the scronking noise saxophone meeting the driving uh, punk band. But I also think that the jams that go on way too long, you know, the one side being a, one, a side length uh, song, the title track, Funhouse, you know, I like the songs on Funhouse. And what we have on uh, Viagra Boys' uh, third album is 12. 12 great songs with that Stooges fun house sax. Uh, you know, the uh, recurring theme uh, uh, that the gentlemen are singing about is that they're loose, yeah. loose like the Stooges, right? This is a parody of toxic masculinity. Uh, they've been doing that their entire career, of uh, the bizarro world mindset that some find themselves in 2022. The song Creepy Crawlers is about somebody losing it, imagining uh, that they've been injected with uh, a microchip, uh, you know, when they got their vaccine. Mm. Uh, The song uh, Baby Criminal is mom talking about the horrifying realization that she is... um, 
raising a son who is going to be 100% bad no matter what she does, microwaving uh, batteries to see the explosion in the kitchen and, uh, and slaughtering uh, uh, poor little animals, mm. squirrels. Um, they are not pro these things, Greg, any more than they're pro the troglodyte mindset that they address in another song. Uh, they are, you know, let's face it, we are living with these people, okay? And if we can't laugh at them, and maybe try to understand them, uh, there's going to be perpetual war in our society, in the UK, in Europe, in the US. I love this record, and I think you've told me your problem starts with the name, Viagra Boys. Mm. Well, I, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's satire taken, you know, okay, we've got, what, three albums now worth of of this satire? It just seems but like a joke. But they keep getting better little, and better. I didn't a little think, stale. I would have thought, they, stale, I would have thought they couldn't have gotten better than sports. Yeah. But they have. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it, Jim. <laughs> There's so much better music out there oh, right now. I love this record. Yeah. I really do. Here, gets here, old. Here's a song called Punk Rock Loser, uh, <laughs> which they are not, nor am I. Mm. But I love the song, and I identify. Viagra Boys. I ain't your average Normal dude It's sure glamorous I keep things loose I ain't your average Punk rock loser Yeah, I'm a savage I'm really cool I try to warn you I'm loose Punk Rock Loser by Viagra Boys, album number three, Cave World. I love the Viagra Boys. Well, I love Trupa Trupa, a band out of Poland. B-flat A is the name of the new album, number six on my list. I have loved this band for a number of years. Uh, Seeing them live, I thought they were incredible. Uh, In the spirit of uh, East European Velvet Underground-inspired music, underground music, uh, you know, Plastic People of the Universe yep. being, an, uh, you know, maybe not an influence, but certainly a corollary there, you know, in terms of the kind of sound that they put out and the kind of uh, topicality, you know, the, 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 there's a philosophical underpinning here. And Trupa Trupa is led by a published poet mm-hmm. who, you know, Zhegosh uh, Kwiatowski is an incredibly gifted poet who doesn't overstay his welcome. He's very terse, uh, very minimalist in his uh, presentation, but it's very dark, stark commentary on on the world uh, outside, backed by music that is equally dark and minimalist, but very powerful. The song that I'm going to play from the record is emblematic of what's going on here. I'm going to eat all my uniforms. I want to be all my uniforms. Hmm. Talking about people who are conforming in a fascist world and, and how toxic that can be. And essentially they're saying, pay attention. Yeah. You know, there are dark forces at work in our world and we need to stand up to them. And this is especially true, uh, given what's going on in Europe uh, at, at this very moment. Uh, Trupa Trupa with uniforms from B flat A on Sound Opinions.
Trupa Trupa from Poland. B-flat A is the name of the album, number six on my list, Jim. The track is called Uniforms. And we had a splendid chat with uh, the leader of that band uh, earlier this In, year. Indeed. Uh, Greg, I'm going to the self-titled album by Muna, the third record of this band's career, formed by three young artists uh, in Los Angeles uh, after they met at the University of Southern California, been working together since 2013. All three members identify as queer, one identifies as non-binary. Uh, and they sing about about this. I, I am uh, not non-binary, I am mm. not a woman, I am not gay, uh, and yet I feel that this band speaks to me uh, as much as any that I loved this year. The sense of coming into yourself and feeling liberated in in being able to be who you are amid a community that accepts you, I think is just amazingly inspiring. And if you think this is a pop-oriented band that is singing about queer love, uh, as they call it, um, you know, what, what do they have to say to me? No matter what situation you're in, you're wrong. I mean, all of us are humans who are looking mm. for self-respect, self-empowerment, and, and identity and community. Uh, and, and here is uh, an album that is just full of that, from the single that caught everybody's attention, Silk Chiffon, uh, with Phoebe Bridgers making a a cameo on that, to uh, songs about finding yourself uh, uh, unleashed in the gay club on the dance floor. I never thought I'd be here, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I've had experiences similar. It might have been in the the mosh pit at a naked ray gun show, but but it's still uh, the, the spirit of what Muna is doing, you know, with synth, bass, guitar, and and three incredible vocals. I, I love this self-titled album, and it's the one that I think is getting them the biggest audience in their career so far. I'm going to play a song, uh, Kind of Girl, since we've talked about Silk Chiffon and played it before, from Muna by Muna. Oh, I need somebody who actually likes me for me And this time I'll Muna, kind of girl, one of, they're all great songs, 11 great songs on that album. Yeah, I like that record too, Jim. Uh, A record I also like is my number four album of the year, Uh, Charlotte Adagiri and Bolas Poupol, <laughs> Topical Dancer. That was a mouthful, right? Topical yeah, you, Dancer You've been the name having the all the hard-to-pronounce uh, names yeah. this, this show. So Charlotte, uh, French-born, Belgian-Caribbean musician, working with this producer, and uh, they, they, they are sending up one pop cliche after another uh, in this record. Uh, also talking about, you know, it's, a, it's an art-pop, avant-dance kind of record. Uh, that sounds really heavy, you know, when mm-hmm. I describe it, but it's very playful. It's a, there's a joyfulness to it. They're not preaching at you. You're going to be dancing to this record while you're <laughs> listening yeah. to them send up all these uh, all these things that they see as ills of the world. You know, they're talking about racism, misogyny, xenophobia uh, in a in a very uh, lighthearted way, if that's possible, to talk about heavy topics in a way 
that feels like they are, you know, having fun with it as, at the same time as they are being very serious about uh, the commentary. Uh, I, I just find this record incredibly uplifting to listen to, and I play it quite a bit uh, when I'm driving around, just, just to give me a, a lift. The name of the record, again, is Topical Dancer. The artist is Charlotte Adagiri and Bolas Pupul. And uh, here's a track from it called Thank You on Sound Opinions. Couldn't have done this without you and your opinion. Enlighten me with your vision. I count my blessings. Yes, I prefer my first EP too. Yeah, maybe I should make it less complex. Two projects, one artist, geez. What the hell was I even thinking? That is Thank You from Charlotte Adagiri. The record is Topical Dancer, a must-listen number four record for me, Jim. What do you got next? Good stuff, Greg. Uh, well, you got to wait till after the break when we come back. The albums that are on top of our best of 2022 lists on Sound Opinions. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And we're back. This week, we're sharing our best albums of the year. Next up is our senior producer, Andrew Gill. Andrew, what'd you pick? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I chose an album I'm not seeing a lot at the top of these lists that I'm, I've been reading, but it's one that we all liked uh, when we reviewed it earlier this year, Julia Jacklin, uh, yeah. the album Pre-Pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's it's just the one album that I actually listened to the most and you know remember having emotional connection to. You know, I think it's a really a really well uh, themed collection of songs, all unique, but all very, you know, moving and, and interesting. I love that record too, yeah. Andrew. We could, we could, Greg and I for sure. And I think all of you guys as well on the production staff, we, we could do 50, 60. <laughs> Stone this year did a hundred albums. It would have, right. would have been somewhere 20 to 30 for yeah. me, Julia Jacqueline. Right. The idea of pre-pleasure, every song in the album, I feel is about one of those little things that you feel like if I can just get this right, then I'll have a happy yeah. life. You know, like if I can, there's one little thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if I could only relate to my mom a little bit better, you know, then, mm -hmm. then maybe I'd feel happier. Or if I connected to my partner better, then I'd mm -hmm. feel happier. Or if I could just work out religion, you know, like if, if the church didn't <laughs> disappoint me so much, like then yeah. I'd be happy, you know? Uh, so it's all these things that are, are in, in front of pleasure, you know, like pre-pleasure. Um, obstacles. Yeah, obstacles, exactly. So I wanted to play the song Lydia Wears a Cross, which I just love the lines about uh, musicals about Jesus, you know, like Jesus mm -hmm. Christ Superstar. And, yeah. um, you know, if it <laughs> I was, was always a big fan of Godspell, it, yeah. And she says, if it was all just song and dance, I'd be a believer, you know, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Why do they have to put that other stuff there? Right, yeah. That's Julia Jacqueline, Lydia Wears a Cross. Good choice, Andrew. Thanks. Says she's never gonna take it off We sit back to back Listening to Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack I'd be a believer If it was all just song and dance I'd be a believer 
if I thought we had a chance. All right, Andrew's pick, uh, Pre-Pleasure by Julia Jacqueline. Good album, Greg. I am going to number three on my list, The Linda Lindas Growing Up. Yeah. Now, The Linda Lindas, you would have thought that having made such a big splash in the middle of the pandemic with a viral video, Racist Sexist Boy, recorded at the uh, Los Angeles Public Library, right? You know, it's like, where do they go from here, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Four young women uh, of uh, Latina and uh, Asian descent, uh, you know, talking about the jerks who give them a hard Mm -hmm. time in high school, whether they were on Zoom in the middle of the pandemic or or in person. it's like one perfect song, right? But then we they got instantly signed to Epitaph Records, a credible indie label that has done very adventurous music uh, and, uh, you know, made an album every bit as good as Racist Sexist Boy. That's the last track on the record. Everything that precedes it is, is every bit as good. The production by Carlos de la Garza, uh, you know, it, it splits down the middle uh, the two biggest things on his CV, uh, Bad Religion mm. and Paramore, right? There's just enough pop for the pop fans. There's just enough punk for the punk fans. Uh, what You know, they are talking about concerns about growing up in these times uh, and asserting themselves and feeling empowered and uh, having a voice. And I think... Anybody can relate to that, whether you're 16 or uh, 86. Uh, I could play any song on this record. Uh, I think we played a bunch when we initially reviewed it. Uh, but Nino is the is the sleeper track, the uh, the real pop hit delivered with punk ferocity. Uh, let's play Nino and just, uh, man, I love this record. Growing Up by the Linda Lewis. Gentle midnight day, hunter. Linda Linda's Nino. I love the whole Growing Up album. I didn't even mention that Amy Poehler stuck him in the film Moxie. And, uh, you know, I mentioned the producer happens to be the dad of of two of the... It was nice of of the girls to take a little pity on Pops and give him a gig. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Because they don't succeed because of him. Yeah. Love that band too, Jim. The Linda Linda's great choice. Uh, I am going to go to my number three album of the year. Uh, Danger Mouse and Black Thought working together. This has been a project that's been in the works for over a decade, according to the two gentlemen uh, at the heart of it. Um, you know, it's interesting. Danger Mouse started out his career as a kind of a hip-hop producer yeah. slash DJ and then sort of veered away. I mean, you know, other things intruded like the Black Keys record, the Gorillaz yeah. record, Gnarls Barkley. You know, working with James Mercer and, and Broken and Bells. on his own doing this kind of Sergio Leone right. soundtrack music. And and Tariq Trotter, a.k.a. Black Thought of The Roots, has had his own, you know, flourishing career. He's made a bunch of solo records mm-hmm. lately. Uh, they finally got together in the studio and did not let me down. I, I really feel like this was a... Uh, I was looking forward to these, what these two gentlemen could come together and do. And uh, it, it definitely lives up to its billing. What surprised me was the, the cameos. I mean, some really f- fun 
and also very effective cameos by people like Run the Jewels and Michael Kiwanuka. Mm. Uh, but above all, MF Doom. Yeah, you know well, you're uh, the MF late Doom MF Doom. super fan. Yeah, and 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 Danger Mouse is one of those great, uh, you know, in the classic hip hop sense of what a producer does, sort of a time bending aspect mm. to it because you're you're picking out kind of older sounds and then recontextualizing them and bringing mm. them into the future. So he can work with like you know spaghetti western type stuff or Dusty Soul and make it sound new, especially when you've got an MC as gifted as Black Thought is on this particular record. But then you've got MF Doom coming out of, you know, literally speaking from the dead, it seems like, you know, it's like he's been gone for a couple of years, one of the great uh, MCs of all time. And here he is again, sounding fresher than ever, you know, like he's he's still with us. Um, So I'm gonna play a little bit of that track and tribute to it because I really feel like this is almost like a, a little bit of a history uh, you know, a common history between these two artists, Black, Danger Mouse and Black Thought, about the artists that meant the most to us when we were, uh, you know, in, in the game and, uh, and paying tribute to them in some ways by having them do cameos. Here is uh, Belize from Danger Mouse and Black Thought with a great cameo by MF Doom on Sound Opinion. Get rude with the dude off chips, the mood switch, he chewed off strips of a brood witch. Danger make a groove off a glitch, major boo booty twitch and the crew rich. Always wanted to say that, ever since the days in hallways torn the That's the Danger Mouse and Black Thought album with uh, Belize with an MF Doom cameo on it. Good one, Greg, good one. I am uh, down to number two and number one. And these two were neck and neck, uh, nonstop, and in fact, just flipped this very morning for a while at number one was the self-titled debut by Wet Leg. Uh, Two women in their late 20s on the Isle of Wight, Rian Teasdale and Hester Chambers came together for laughs in the middle of the pandemic. They recorded a single, Chase Lounge, mm. <laughs> that went viral and became a huge hit and built up all this anticipation. All right, that is a great song. This uh, uh, mix of detached uh, sexuality, sensuality, seductiveness, but also with a stiletto behind their backs, right? Mm. We're going to run this through any boy who doesn't respect us. Uh, And a world weariness, you know, at the age of like 28, you know, uh, these women are already like, I don't want to go to another party. I hate parties. You know, unless something absurd happens, like Angelica, she brought her ray gun to the party. Mm. Angelica obliterated everybody. And... uh, uh, the other girl goes pew 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 with the rega. I mean, there's a silliness here. They said they made this record just to have fun, uh, but it it sucks you in, and you feel like you're having every bit as much fun uh, as they are. It is not all 12 tracks as good as Chase Lounge. Mm. <laughs> but there's six or seven that are. Mm. And that is so good that that makes, uh, that makes me a fan of the self-titled debut of Wet Leg. You, you made your list, too. Where was it on yours? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Wet Leg was number five on my list. So right. I, I love that record as well. Wet Leg, number two on my list, number five on Greg's. Uh, let's play the song, Your Mum. <laughs> when I think about 
mum by Wet Leg. Your mum is not going to be proud of you, Greg, unless uh, you treat women right. That's absolutely right. I totally agree with that. Um, I tell you, the, the record uh, that was number one for me in the mid-year list and was a strong contender for that spot again in my year-end list, except for the one that that's coming. We're, slid we're ahead getting, of it. We're getting to number but one. But I'm at number two, Sharon Van Etten. The name of the album is We've Been Going About This All Wrong. Yeah. And, you know, she's never made a bad record. I mean, no. I, I think every one of Sharon Van Etten's record is, is, is really is either good to great. But I think she's outdone herself with this record. This record just hit me really hard when I first heard it, and it stayed with me uh, for the entire year, just in terms of emotional impact. Um, processing what we lost during the pandemic, mm. you know, an adult uh, person talking about that, how we processed it, the psychic toll of feeling isolated, even when you're cocooning with your loved ones, you know, which is essentially what, what happened with a lot of us. Um, and, 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 and I get it. I understand, you know, it's like a lot of people can relate to that, I bet. Um, so the, the songs have that emotional rawness to them that she's always been known for, but uh, even, even ratcheted it up a little bit here. And at the same time, the arrangements are, are terrific. Uh, she's not afraid to be quiet and, 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 and uh, you know, low-key on some of these tracks, but the emotional payoff is still great. And then when, when you need the musical payoff, it's there for you. Uh, I could play just about any track on this record and make a case for it as being a winner, uh, but I'll play I'll Try, uh, a little bit of I'll Try from Sharon Van Etten's We've Been Going About This All Wrong on Sound Opinions. Sharon Van Etten with another winner, the number two album of the year for me. I love that record too, Greg. It, it was in my top 20, just didn't make the top 10. Yes, indeed, Jim. Uh, and you've got a record that uh, at number one that I really love too. I mean, uh, wow, what a, what a terrific, can't, no arguments for me on this one. Either. Number one for me, we, we usually do the traditional uh, Jim plays a drums drum roll, but it's a single stroke roll. I've never mastered the double. My uh, my number one album of the year, Dry Cleaning, uh, Stump Work. Now, I I had Dry Cleaning's debut uh, on my uh, number two spot last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I, was, I was, you know, like, can this record really be that good that it deserves number one this year? On the 17th listen in the past week, I'm just, no, I love this album beginning mm -hmm. to end. This is my favorite album of the year. And impressionistic, uh, Dada, in a way, this stream of words uh, that may or may not mean something, um, you know, strung together. If you looked at it, uh, you know, just as a lyric sheet, this is like Hugo Ball, Dada is poetry. Uh, somebody who was a huge hero to Brian Eno, who also knew those Dada S lyrics. Uh, and then every once in a while, something will jump out of the mix, which is just deadly funny mm. or, or incredibly poignant. So Florence is an instrument 
the same way that the guitar, bass, and drums are, are instruments. And, and I hear feelies, I hear New Zealand kiwi pop from the 80s, I hear even B-52s, and I hear a lot of joy and a lot mm-hmm. of laughter. Uh, you know, just, just, just great, great stuff on this record. And uh, uh, if you haven't been sold yet, I think when you hear Florence talking about the, the just kind of... Uh, accidental way this music happens and yet all of the people creating it are loving it and i think that's what comes through uh you know what do i play i love the song gary ashby i love anna calls from the arctic i love conservative hell uh but uh you know it's 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 all great and uh ah, hell let's go with uh, stump work the title track i feel your approach all the hairs on my arm raise up because you are wearing a fleece that has become electrified. Whatever. Whoa, just killed a giant wolf. Why are you revving? Are you enjoying yourself by doing nothing and staring at the wall? Busted. Dry Cleaning, album number two. Man, Stump Work is the name of the record. Stump Work is that song we just heard. I love it. Greg loves it. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. I, I, I think the expansiveness of the musical arrangements was, was uh, eye-opening and ear-opening for me. You know, Florence is Florence. Is Florence. He's an incredibly yeah. gifted uh, lyricist. But could they pull off a and second vocalist. album? And, that was and, a big and, question. And they expanded on it, which... Yeah. which Somewhat surprised me, but I was I was very impressed with this record as well. I was very impressed with this next record. This is my number one record. It, it, it beat out Sharon Van Etten for number one, which means it's got to be really, really good. And mm-hmm. it's the Namdi record. Yeah. Please have a seat. A Namdi, I've been sort of championing his music for a while now because I think he's been incredibly prolific and pretty much under the radar for a number of years. He's gotten wider distribution on this record via secretly Canadian, which is a pretty cool record label. Um, and, and, and so this music is getting out into the world in a, in a bigger way than ever. But up until now, he's been sort of a one-man uh, record company, uh, self-contained band and production team. Mm-hmm. You know, he embodies DIY as both an aesthetic and a business proposition, and he's been doing it all and doing it well for a long time. Uh, so this, this recognition that he's getting now, well-deserved. This is an album crowded with musical ideas and genres. He's always been incredibly uh, diverse in his approach to music, but it never comes across as a gimmick to me or a stunt. You know, he's able to effortlessly turn a mix of like ambient, avant-garde, herky-jerky, post-punk, electronic music, chamber pop, uh, soul gospel, and 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 turn it into pop songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this stuff, the fourteen songs, uh, some as short as a minute or two. You know, it, it, it's like he's not, you know, saying, look at me, uh, how, how diverse I am and how eclectic I can be. Um, I'm writing pop songs at the end of the day. Um, there's, there's a lighthearted feel to uh, this record. You know, I Don't Want to Be Famous is the song that kind of gets everybody's attention because there's sort of a humorous element to it. But there's also a bunch of songs that talk about, you know, going through struggle. Like he's, he's kind of, uh, you know addressing the fact that, hey, I've been doing this for 10 years. It's not like a, you know, uh, an easy life I've chosen for myself. I'd lo- I love making music, uh, but you're sort of, you know, uh, under the radar for, for, for that length of time. Yeah. Fight, fight, fight through the pain. You know, here's dedication talking about the antidote. 
uh, to, uh, to, that, to that pain. Namdi, with uh, dedication from the Please Have a Seat, number one album in my book for 2022 on Sound Opinions. Pick myself right off of the floor One taste of fear, it swallowed me whole I hushed my breath before I could groan I was ready for more, I was ready for more Tricked to think that I wasn't enough Ripped and torn up, permanent cut Wiped the sweat and sawed off the dust I was ready for more, I was ready Something told me I should stay Things might end up better today That is Namdi. Please have a seat is the name of the album. Dedication is the song. Again, somewhere in my uh, top uh, uh, 30, Greg. I like Namdi quite a bit as well. But that wraps up our list for our favorite albums of 2022. And we want to know what you, our listeners, think. What was your album of the year? Leave a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org. You can also see our entire top 20 list there. Uh, Meanwhile, Mr. Cott, what do we got on the show next week? Well, Jim, we're going to bring back uh, one of our favorites, the Sound Opinions Annual Holiday Spectacular with Andy Serzan, a whole new batch of really cool Yule tunes for us. And don't forget to check out our bonus podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Andy brought the goods this year. He did. Ho, ho, ho. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, every week our show reaches hundreds of thousands of curious listeners from around the globe via podcast and on 150 public radio stations nationwide. If you'd like to learn more on how your business or organization can also reach this engaged and educated audience, you can email sponsor at soundopinions.org. That's sponsor at soundopinions.org. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo. It's great to have their voices on this episode. Our Columbia College intern is Lauren Holt, and our social media consultant is Katie Cott. 